Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Chris Hervishon. Chris, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Chris is a CPA. He is a CVA, and he's the owner of Chris Hervishon CPA, a virtual CFO firm specializing in financial advisory and bookkeeping services for creative agencies and service-based businesses. I'm excited to have you on Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and thank you for having me on. Um, so I live in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is a great spot, originally from New Jersey. Uh, my wife and I met in college. We went to college at Elon in North Carolina. She's from Atlanta. I'm from New Jersey. So uh, we lived in New Jersey for a little bit, and then we located south, and it's been a, it's been a great move. Um, we've got three kids. Um, ages seven, five, and five, and you know, I started my firm full time a little over two years ago. It's one of those things that started as a side hustle, uh, actually ten and a half years ago. Um, so it's it's been a minute, um, but it's one of those things that just kind of grew and grew. I'm sure a lot of your listeners can um, you know appreciate that and have gone through the, the same experience where. You have to make that decision, right? Are we going to do the side hustle? Are we going to do the, the nine to five gig? And um, you know, I just had one of those moments, you know, a couple of years ago, where it's like, look, um, I don't know why I'm here at, <laughs> at the nine to five. I've got this the side hustle that I love, and that's really cool. And let's try to give it a go. So, you know, we've been helping small businesses here for um, a long time, but uh, full time for a couple of years, and it's it's grown to the point where we've got two full time um, staff accountants now. And, um, you know, we're really just looking to, you know, help businesses make them better and, um, you know, make the accounting profession better as well. That's awesome. So looking back over that over that time when you made the decision to, to make the side hustle the full-time gig, what's, what's surprised you the most? What has surprised me the most? Um, I thought it would be easier for sure, <laughs> to, to, grow, to grow and scale a business. Um, I don't know that that surprised me the most, but it, it was definitely something that, that was surprising. Uh, so, you know, grow, one, of, one of the good things, I suppose, is that growing and scaling your own business really gives you an appreciation when, you know, your business is growing and scaling other businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I've been around small businesses my entire career. I started out in forensic accounting. And what we did is we audited insurance claims. So we, you know, we worked with businesses of, of all sizes from the gas station that, you know, their books and records were literally a shoebox of receipts all the way up to, you know, Fortune 500 companies that were huge and had, you know, full-time staffs and, and you know, well-oiled machines as far as their financials go. Um, and I went from there in, into um, into banking with, a, with one of our nation's largest banks. And so I, I've seen the gamut um, for the most part, you know, in working with my own clients as well. So I've, I've seen the gamut. And it just gives you an appreciation when you're doing it yourself and you're learning how to grow and scale a business and you have your hands in the various different aspects of the business. You know, you can really kind of be empathetic with your clients and, and you know exactly what they're going through because you've done it as well. Yeah, I have so to. So just growing and scaling. 
yeah, exactly. I have to imagine. Growing and scaling it from zero, it's, you know, it's, it's been something. Yeah, I have to imagine that's been absolutely invaluable from the perspective, I, I don't want to call it the human side, but certainly when you're talking about accounting and forensic accounting and looking at insurance claims, that's that's really, that's maybe maybe that is the human side and, 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 and I'm missing out on it, but I would see that that would probably be a lot more data-driven and, and, and numbers-based and you coming in with with your understanding of systems and processes and then getting to, to learn about you know, all the, all the messy stuff that it takes to actually build a clientele and then build a business and have employees. That's got to be uh, just a whole different perspective that you're able to bring to your client relationships and probably help you to be a lot more empathetic. Exactly. And you don't get that perspective unless you actually have to deliver a product or a service to a client and you're, you know, your child's <laughs> meal, it depends on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of those easy things to think about. It's, it's harder to actually do it. So just, you know, having that experience and, you know, just exactly how difficult that is, but that's one of the surprising things. Uh, one of the other surprising things I would say, which is kind of timely for how we're, or when we're recording this, this podcast, you know, in the fall of, of 2020, um, is everything related to the pandemic. You know, the conversations that we were having with our clients back early spring, um, it was kind of like, well, we've never shut down the entire U.S. economy or world economy ever. Um, you know, we're not sure how this is going to go. And I think to be in a spot now um, where it's, you know, it's not okay, but it, but it's it's relatively okay. I think I think that's one of the surprising things. You know, we were we were preparing our clients for doom and gloom, um, which was the prudent thing to do at the time. Um, but a lot of our clients have come out, you know, very, very well on the other side. Some of them are having their best years ever. And if you had told me that that was going to be the case, you know, we're early in, um, early in the pandemic, I would have said, you're, you're crazy. It's, it's just not possible when you shut down the entire economy. But so that's been a surprise, no um, kidding. a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly there's a lot of businesses that are struggling for sure. You know, we, we know that, um, but we've gotten, we've gotten lucky with our client base. You know, I would have said it would be every business would struggle. Um, you know, luckily that's, that's not the case. And there, you know, some businesses that have been well prepared have done rather well. So that's, that's a good thing. It's a, it's a very pleasant surprise. Are there any through lines? I'm sure that it's different industries and, but are there any consistencies between all those companies that are doing really well versus some, some others that are struggling? Yeah. So our, our, um, client base is very heavily service-based businesses. We're about 60% marketing creative agencies. We're about 35, 38% somewhere in there. Um, other service-based businesses were very trades heavy and we've got precisely one retail client. Now um, where I live in, in Hilton Head, it's very hospitality driven, um, restaurant driven, that sort of thing. Those, those folks are really struggling. We're not in that niche, um, but those folks are, are, are definitely struggling because, you know, the tourism you know, basically was shut down for a period of time. You know, that's, that's definitely one of the areas where that's, that's been hard for sure. You know, we've got, I've got clients who are tax only clients who, work in the local hotels and you know that's that's been a struggle um the agencies have done uh remarkably well um you know they they've just been pushing through um we've had one agency well a handful of agencies that have sort of struggled but for the most part they're all having the best year ever which is kind of surprising because you think you know marketing is um kind of downstream of of what you would expect the COVID impact to have um, but that's going really well. So, you know, that, that's been a pleasant surprise. 
Now, as far as the trades, you know, your HVAC, um, anything having to do with construction, you know, those folks, surveyors, um, you know, handymen, that, that sort of thing. I think it's, it's basically just been, you know, a lot of people have been sitting at home just noticing, um, they, they want something different <laughs> for, for yeah. their home, right? Or, and they're just spending a lot of time at home and, and, you know, where we live too, we've got a lot of folks moving in from out of state, um, for, you know, a variety of reasons, retirees. It's just kind of, we're just kind of going through that natural progression with where the baby boomers are as far as retiring. And then, um, you know, folks who are escaping other um, cities and states that, you know, they can now work remotely. So they want to work, work remotely from the beach or, or whatever it is, whatever reason, but we have a large influx of, um, you know, folks who are moving to the area. So it's driving a lot of demand for, for trade. So, you know, in that respect, um, you know, we, we've been lucky as far as where our client base is, but, um, you know, those service-based businesses, they're, they're doing just fine at the moment. Nice. So this is, uh, just one of those sort of crazy questions, but I, I, I see that, that a big part of what you're helping people to do is help increase cash flow. And I think that everybody who's listening would be interested in, in, in increasing cash flow. So are, are there certain ways that you found that, hey, when whenever I, I'm, I'm looking at a business, here are some some areas that I can commonly help to actually improve, increase cash flow? Yeah, so the way that um, we kind of go about it is we start with an, um, the accounting data first. So if the accounting data is clean, you can then start to make informed decisions about cash flow. Now, once you've got clean accounting data, and what I mean by that, um, but, you know, 90% of, of small businesses, and, and small businesses, I think, you know, the term is defined by the SBA is up to like 50 million in revenue. So some small businesses really are, are sizable enterprises, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's like 90% of small businesses use QuickBooks. So let's use that as an example. So if you were to go into QuickBooks and if you were to go into the gear icon and then go to reconcile and then history by account and look and see if all of your accounts are reconciled and if they're all reconciled, that's great. So you're starting from a place that's probably at least relatively good. And then if you go run an expenses by vendor report and every expense that's that's in your P&L has a vendor associated with it, that's good because now you can start to make decisions on specific vendors. And if you go and you run a customer income uh, report, so income by customer, and you see that all of your revenue has a customer attached, that's good because now you can start to make decisions about revenue. So we're there now. Okay. We've got good accounting data. The next step is to start forecasting your cash flow. So what do you expect to come in? What do you expect to go out? In would be revenue or, you know, if you're doing some sort of financing, you're getting a loan, that's, that's cash in as well. Um, certainly different cash than operating cash, but cash nonetheless. And um, if you're understanding your expenses, when things are going to be paid, the timing of how things are going to be paid, you know, that's where you start. So cash in minus cash out. And the further out you're able to forecast your business, the better you're going to be because the sooner you're going to be able to figure out, you know, when things are going to become a problem. Great example, uh, beginning of the year, what we are telling people is, this would, this would be like, I don't know, late March, early April, like, hey, we need to get through July, you know, just based on what the news was saying and based on what, you know, the politicians were saying and the doctors and scientists and blah, 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 blah. Um, it seems like we're going to be in some sort of a, a period of COVID through July. So let's plan on getting through July. And at that point, I think we were doing like 150-day forecasts. 
Um, but basically just sitting down and saying, okay, um, you know, my clients are going to pay me on the first of every month and they're going to pay me this much, this much. And I've talked to my clients. so I know uh, what kind of financial shape that they're in, whether or not I expect that they're actually going to be able to pay me or, um, so that's, if you've got this recurring revenue type model. Now, if you've got a project based model, it's a little bit more difficult because it's much more volatile. Um, you know, you could have projects that are, that are scheduled out, you know, several months, you know, are you sure that they're still going to happen? Things change. We're, we're not sure. Um, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, but forecasting cash is, is going to be the place to start. And depending on whether or not you've got this monthly recurring type model or whether you've got a project type model is going to be dependent on, or is, is going to basically drive how far out you're going to want to forecast. The further out you forecast, no matter what your business model, the more difficult it gets, um, the more you're going to be wrong. Sure. <laughs> it's very, it's very easy to forecast out one day. It's more difficult to forecast out two days and, and that, that trend continues. So, you know, making or picking a, a time period that makes sense for you for how far out you want to forecast. That's a good place to start. And then once you start to notice that your forecast is flagging problems for, for you, that's when you can start to make hard decisions. Um, you know, do we need to be cutting expenses and then, you know, which vendors do we need to cut? Do we really need, um, Dropbox when we also use Google drive? Those are the kind of conversations that we have. And that's the only, you can only do that if you've got good accounting data. So we start with the accounting data, we move on to the forecast, we see what problems the forecast flags, and then we make hard decisions based on that. You got another facts, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. If you're working with if, with bad data, you can't make good decisions. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's just not possible. You're, you're make, you you don't have all of the all of the facts at hand. So really, at that point, you're just kind of sticking your finger up in the air and seeing which way the wind's blowing. Right. Which which certainly makes sense. And I, I have to imagine that that that's really really difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs who who are growing a business that they're good at creating whatever idea they created and now they're trying to actually turn that into revenue and income and then this is like an afterthought of oh yeah, I really better have clean books and I really better do a better job of this. Absolutely. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs start out because they know how to do whatever it is that they're delivering and it's not because and and you know, they've never had accounting classes or they've never it's never had to be a focus and so that's part of it. You know, you just don't have the domain expertise, just like, you know, I can't go out and practice law. I don't, I know very, very little. Sure. I would go hire an attorney. Right. Um, that's part of it too. The other part of it is for the most part, most people start out by themselves mm-hmm. and it's small. It's a mom and pop type deal, right? It's, it's a, um, you know, side hustle that turns into a full, full-time gig. And when you're just starting out that way and all you've got is a business bank account and you know that, you know, you have to buy some software, you have to buy some, some goods or, or whatever to resell. And you know that you've got clients and they're going to pay you. Generally, you can get a pretty good idea of, of where you are just by looking at your bank account. And, you know, it, it's that it's not much more complicated than that when you're super small. If there's cash in the bank and you're expecting, expecting there to be more cash tomorrow, then, then things are great. If there's no cash in the bank, then, then things are bad, and that, you don't have to go any further. But as you start to scale, as you have employees, as your business becomes more complex, the decisions that you're making are, are harder to make. There's more data in the business. As those things start to happen, um, you need a much more robust process, and you need a much more robust understanding of um, how all of the data and how all of the numbers and, and how the cash and, and all of those things ties together. So you're playing a different sport at that point. 
Yeah, because that's just going to drive everything, right? And exactly. Um, that's something I wanted to ask: is 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 when do you know? As as an entrepreneur, we are certainly uh, not, for, for lack of a better term, in love with entrepreneurship in the country, and and people are doing these side hustles, and they're looking for new ways to to innovate, and it's so easy to start a business these days. When when does somebody know that? Okay, I need to call Chris. It's 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 mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I think when you know, there's a couple specific areas like HR, legal, um, accounting, and finance. If you, every business needs those in some capacity at, at some point. Um, if you are not choosing to either attain that knowledge and that skill or willing to go out and hire somebody who already has that knowledge and that skill, then the decision that you've made is to do it yourself. And if doing it yourself makes you uncomfortable or, you know, you're, you're saying to yourself, I don't know where to start. Like I've got to do my books. I've got to prepare my tax return. Um, I've got to start running payroll for the first employee that I ran. And if you're saying to yourself, um, well, I don't have that skill set, then that, that's when, you know, you know, those are all things that absolutely have to happen. You have to pay your people. That's like step one. If you don't pay your people. I promise you they're not, they're not going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, unless you want to do everything yourself, then, you know, you got to pay your people. So if you don't know how to like mechanically pay your people, if you don't know how payroll taxes work, if you don't know how payroll software works, um, you need a financial professional. If you don't know how um, financial statements work, um, you need a financial professional. If you don't know how your tax return works, if you don't know where you need to pay taxes or how you need to pay taxes or whether you're paying too much or too little, you need a financial professional. If, if all of those thoughts make you uncomfortable, that's where you start. Just like you wouldn't, you know, defend yourself in a, in a, in a legal case, unless you're an attorney and you probably shouldn't even do it then. Um, same question, right? Um, just different context, different skill set. Got it. Well, Chris, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Absolutely. Um, so the clients who we work with who are successful do two things really, really well. Number one, they've got a business plan, they stick to it and they understand it and they keep iterating it. And then number two, they understand and manage their cash flow really, really well. The clients who we have that muddle through do one of those things. And the clients that we see who struggle do none of them. So the best tip I can give, have a business plan, make sure it's comprehensive, make sure you're revisiting it on a continuous basis whatever cadence that is, six months, three months, a year, doesn't matter, but just make sure that you're revisiting it and you understand exactly what you do, how you do it, how you're going to do it, who you do it for, and all of the processes and things that you need to go into delivering your product or service and make sure you're paying attention to cash flow. Make sure you're forecasting cash flow. Make sure you understand where your cash flow is coming from and you're constantly tweaking your processes and what you're delivering um, in order to maximize that cash flow because ultimately – Every business is a family business. Um, you're not in business as a hobby. And the cash that comes out of that business is what's going to fuel your retirement. That's what's going to put the roof over your head. It's what's going to pay for your kids' college education. Um, you know, cash is, is super, super important. That's why we're in business, right? So do those two things. Do them well. Understand them. If you don't have that expertise, hire that expertise. And generally, you're going to be just fine. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? 
Sure. So um, if you want to learn more about what I talk about here in more detail, uh, you can go to betterwaycpa.com slash data-driven agency. There is a ebook that is brand new. It's about 50 pages, very, very digestible, but it goes through our seven-step playbook, um, which is basically what we talked about here, but just in a lot more detail as far as how you take your business from where you are now to where you want to be. I love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to betterwaycpa.com backslash data-driven agency. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.